132 to electric, Let's see. 94 to cable, cell phone bill, oh my goodness, $256. How am I going to pay for this? God, I could really use you right now. Good morning, Orchard. Good to see you guys this morning. Take out your Bibles or your mobile devices this morning. Turn to John chapter 6, verse 28. We'll be there in just a little bit. It's on page 431. If you're using one of the Bibles, you may have picked up when you came in this morning. I'm really excited to start our new four-week series uh, today. It's called Why. We're addressing some of the most common questions that we all have from time to time about God and the Bible. Um, next week, we're going to be answering the question, Why didn't God answer my prayer? How many of you guys have ever had a prayer and you wondered, Why didn't God answer that? Well, we're going to address that next week. The third week is probably going to be one of the most practical. I mean, in my 23 years of full-time ministry, I've had this question asked a thousand times. It's this question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? We'll look at that in the third week, and then the final week we'll close out with, why would God use me? I mean, with all of my imperfections and insecurities and faults and failures, why would God use me? And that'll be the final week. And today, we're going to look at the question, why don't I always feel God's presence? Maybe you've asked that question. Why don't I always feel God's presence? Now, uh, let's participate. Help me out a little here bit with a raise of a hand. How many of you have ever felt God's presence in your life? You'd say, I believe I have felt God's presence. Okay, most people's hands. Okay, put them down. Let's be a little more specific. How many of you would say you've already felt the presence of God this morning in our worship service? You've already felt that. Okay, quite a few hands. Maybe not quite as many. And if you've never felt the presence of God, or maybe you didn't already feel the presence of God this morning, then here's a good question. Why didn't you? I mean, whose fault was that? Whose fault is it if you don't feel the presence of God? I mean, is it your fault? Was your heart not ready? Were you not prepared? I mean, is it God's fault? You know, did God like decide, okay, at Orchard Church today, I'm going to show my presence to about 80% of the people, but I'm going to leave 20% out. You know, like this guy over here, I don't like the way he did his hair this morning, you know, or the way, whatever. And so I'm not going to show my presence. I mean, is it your fault when you don't feel God's presence? Is, is it God's fault? You know, or I know, is it the worship director's fault, right? If we don't feel the presence of God in our worship services, is it the worship director's fault? You know, I mean, after all, I didn't like those songs. You know, I didn't know that song. Or I didn't like that style. I mean, whose fault is it? And here's another question about the presence of God. How do you know? When you feel the presence of God or you felt it. I mean, how do you know for sure? I mean, do you know you felt the presence of God when you get all tingly and have goosebumps? Is that the presence of God? Do you know you felt the presence of God when you cry and you shed tears? Is, is that the indicator of the presence of God? Maybe it's just a warm sensation that kind of goes over your body and you go, okay, that, there it is. That's the presence of God. Now, let me say, I believe all of those are possible. I have felt all those different kinds of feelings and emotions at times and attached them to the presence of God. But, but God's presence, it, it, even though it can, you know, make you tingly and give you goosebumps, so can sitting next to your girlfriend in a movie when you're a teenager. So is that the presence of God? I mean, and even though God, you know, you can feel the presence of God and you might shed tears, so can cutting onions. Can I have an Amen. So is that always the presence of God just because you cry? You know, you, you might say, well, I know I feel the presence of God when I feel that warming sensation. But they tell me that you can also feel that warming sensation if you go to the bathroom in a pool. <laughs> I'm not saying you've done it. I'm not saying I've done it. I've just been told that. You know, and of course, the water will turn blue. You know that too. Oh, let me tell you a, a quick story if I could. This is a true story. 
I was in student ministry for about 10 years, you know, before becoming a pastor and planning a church and all that. And so, you know, one of the highlights of the year in student ministry is going to youth camp. How many of y'all ever went to youth camp? And so we were at this youth camp and it was middle school camp. So it was all these middle schoolers, junior hires back then. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were in this, this big, huge room, auditorium, kind of like this. There were about four or 500 of them. And the service was just getting ready to start. I was on like Wednesday night. We'd been there like three days. And so one of the youth directors, he was just crazy. He was always doing practical jokes. He goes, we, all of us youth directors are kind of standing together. And he goes, watch this. And we're like, watch what? And he's like, watch this. And he goes and he comes up out on stage to all these middle schoolers. He says, all right, I got, I got to talk to you guys for a second. We got, we got a serious issue we need to address before we start our service tonight. And the kids are like, okay. And he said, um, have you guys enjoyed the swimming pool all week? Have you all enjoyed that? And they're like, yeah. He goes, you wouldn't want that to be shut down, would you? No. And he goes, well, the camp director just came to me and informed me that he did a chemical test on the swimming pool. And there's a very high uh, content of urine in our swimming pool here at camp. And unless he gets an exact count of how many of you have gone to the bathroom in the pool, he's going to have to shut it down. So he said, here's what we're going to do. Let's just get this over with. He said, so on the count of three, if you've, if you've gone in the pool at least once this week, let's just be honest. You know, we've all done it. Let's just, let's just be honest. So on the count of three, let, let's get a show of hands so we can get the pool taken care of. One, two, three. Every middle school boy's hand <laughs> went up. And all the middle school girls are like, ah! In horror. What does that have to do with the presence of God? Absolutely nothing, but that's a funny story. So So how do you know when you've truly felt the presence of God? And you have this in your notes. Let me give you this first key thought that I hope will encourage all of you. And it's this. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. If you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone alone. This is not uncommon. The psalmist said in Psalm 88, 13, he cried out to God, wanting to feel God's presence in his life. He said, oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Oh Lord, he's saying, I I want to experience you. I want to feel your presence in my life. And he's crying out. And then he says, oh Lord, help me out church. Why? Why? Okay, thank you all three of you right down here. Come on guys. I got three (laughs) services today. Help me out. Oh Lord, why do you reject me? He's asking that question, why? Why don't I feel your presence? Why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? And, and we could go to many verses where people of God in the Bible were crying out to God, wanting to feel and experience his presence, but not always having that experience be there. And so you're not alone if you don't always experience and feel the presence of God. But let me give you some things that might help you, some hindrances. Let me give you five biblical possibilities why we don't always feel God's presence. Okay, number one, you have this on your outline. And by the way, they're going to be on the back of your newsletter from now on. We didn't hide them from you. They're on the back there. You guys are used to having them uh, in a paper. We're, we're saving some trees. So number one, maybe you don't always feel the presence of God because number one, maybe you're simply over-sensationalizing it. You're just over-sensationalizing it. Maybe you're saying, you know, I'm looking for the presence of God and I'm looking for something spectacular. I'm looking for something massive. I'm looking for some huge miracle. You know, I'm waiting to hear the voice of God and we all know what the voice of God sounds like, right? I am God, you know. And so we're like, if I don't hear that or I don't see some massive miracle or sign, then maybe I'm not experiencing the presence of God. And we're just simply over-sensationalizing it. You know, it's like, okay, God, if this is really you and I'm really what I'm feeling is you, may a camel walk through my office right now. You know, going, guess what day it is? I love that commercial. 
You know? And so we're looking for like this massive sign. And, and there's a group of people. You're in John chapter 6 and verse 28. And there's this group of people and they're following Jesus. And now let me say this. We do believe God can do the spectacular. We do believe God can do miracles. And sometimes, you know, we see that. But sometimes God does it in a more simple way, how we experience his presence. And, and Jesus was doing all these miracles and people were following him. And the Bible tells us they were following him because of all the miracles and signs and all that. And then, you know, Jesus is trying to get them to follow him and believe in him. And they're still over-sensationalizing it. And watch what happens in John chapter 6, verse 28. The crowd said to Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? We want to experience something big. And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you, help me church, that you believe. Everybody say believe. believe. He says, here's how you experience my presence. You believe in him who, whom he, he sent. He says, you believe. That, that's where experiencing the presence of God begins when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. When you believe. It's not always this big, massive miracle and spectacular sign. And they were over-sensationalizing it. And the crowd didn't get it. They're still looking for something bigger. Verse 30, therefore they said to Jesus, what sign will you perform then that we may see it? And believe you. What work will you do? They're like, we're not going to believe unless we see something really big. And they were just simply over-sensationalizing um, the presence of God and experiencing him in their life. And, you know, there was a man in the Old Testament, a prophet named Elijah. And Elijah wanted to experience the presence of God and have an encounter with him. And God gave him some specific instructions how he was going to reveal himself to him. It's in 1 Kings chapter 19. You don't need to turn that. I'll put it on the screen. It says this, 1 Kings 19, 11. God said, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the wind. The earthquake wasn't in the spectacular. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire was the sound of a gentle whisper. And that was God. You see, many times God reveals himself with a simple gentle whisper that we have to be listening for. We have to be waiting for. So maybe... You don't always feel the presence of God because maybe you're just over-sensationalizing at times instead of just listening for the still, small voice and the whisper. Number two, here's another reason. Maybe you're not experiencing the presence of God. You're not feeling it because maybe you're just simply distracted. We're easily distracted. Uh, there's a story that perfectly illustrates this in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, again, we'll put it on the screen. And Jesus is going to visit the home of Mary and Martha. And his, he's going to be there in, in body and in flesh. And he's, his presence is going to be before them. But will they experience his presence? And it says in Luke 10, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Welcomed his presence. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So Mary drops everything she's doing to get at the feet of Jesus and listen to him and experience his presence and feel his presence in her life. But what did Martha do? Did Martha experience the presence of Jesus? No, it says, but Martha was, help me, was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she missed the presence of Jesus even though he was right there because she was simply distracted. And even as believers in Jesus Christ, those of us that are Christians, we can miss the experience 
of the presence of God and miss feeling that in our life because here's what happens. For some Christians, they are so busy doing work for God, they miss the presence of God. They're so busy doing the work for God, they miss the presence of God. That was what was happening to Martha. She was trying to work for God, but she was missing the presence of God. And she was distracted. And for all of us, we can get distracted so much from God that we miss his presence. And there's lots of things that can distract us today. I mean, I know people that can't go like two minutes without updating their Facebook page. You know, let everybody know. And listen, I'm all into social media too, but it can be distracting at times, can it? You know, I mean, uh, okay, I got to update my, hang on a second, I got to update. I just sneezed. Oh, I just wiped my nose. Come on, it's me all weird. You know, or, or I want to tweet this. You know, I got I to gotta tweet. Oh, I got to tweet my breakfast. I got to tweet my lunch. I don't care what you had for lunch. Can I just say that? You know, people tweeting every food and all that. I mean, that's just kind of weird. And, and that can distract us. And, you know, if you're a parent, your kids are busy and you're here and you're there and you're a taxi service. And, you know, there's the media that can distract us and TV and movies. And, I mean, all these things can distract us from feeling and experiencing the presence of God in our life. Hang on a second. Checking what, what time the game is today. I'm just checking to see when that is. Two, oh, thanks. I, sorry, I, I got distracted. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I've already heard the jokes going around this morning. You all know that I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan my entire life. Thank you, one of you. But hang on, hang on. And I am, I'm an eternal optimist, but I'm also a realist. Your Broncos are going to be fine today. Let me just say that. They're going to be fine. And the good news is I win either way. I win either way because I'll be cheering them both on. But we can easily get distracted. And remember what we just saw in the story of Elijah? God revealed himself through a gentle whisper. Well, if you're going to hear the gentle whisper of God, you've got to get quiet. You've got to stop. You've got to get alone with God and listen for his voice to speak. So why don't I always feel the presence of God? Maybe you're over-sensationalizing it. Maybe you're simply distracted. Number three, maybe, and this is a tough one, but it's true. Maybe your heart has hardened. And this is what the Bible tells us. Maybe your heart has hardened. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, Jesus is quoting Isaiah in the Old Testament. He says this, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. In other words, God is speaking, God is revealing, but there's people missing it. They're not experiencing and feeling the presence of God. Why? For the hearts of these people are, help me church, they're hardened. The hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they've closed their spiritual eyes. We've all seen this. I've seen people that once were very close to God. They had an intimate personal relationship with God in his word and they, they walked with him and they experienced him, him. But then something happened in their life. You know, maybe it's like what we're going to talk about next week. Maybe they had an unanswered prayer. They're like, I've been praying, I've been asking God for this. He hasn't answered, so forget you, God. And their heart gets hardened. Or maybe they've been hurt by somebody. Maybe another Christian. Maybe another church. I know people that have been hurt by a church or a pastor that now aren't even in church today. And their heart has gotten hardened not to church and to Christians, but to God. And it affects them. Maybe, maybe like we're going to talk about in three weeks, something has happened in their life that they feel is unfair and they're like, well, God, if you were really the God of all power and love, why did you let this happen to me or the person I love? And so I can't trust you, so you know, I'm going to push you away. And, and their heart gets hardened. Or maybe it's the loss of a loved one or a friend that we don't understand. Lots of things that can cause our hearts to be hardened toward God. And when our hearts are hardened, we're not going to feel and experience the presence of God. That makes sense? Say yes. 
So it's important we deal with that. And number four, here's the fourth one. Maybe you're not experiencing or feeling the presence of God because, and this is what the Bible says, maybe you've built a wall of sin. You've simply built a wall of sin. In Isaiah 59.1, it says this, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. In other words, God hears you. He wants to reach out to you. He wants you to feel his presence in your life. What's the problem? What's the disconnect? Verse 2, it's your, it's your sins and my sins that have cut us off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. You see, we can build a wall of sin in our lives if we're not careful, even as believers. Now, let me, let me say this. As believers in Jesus Christ, when you truly, genuinely put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're forgiven of your sins, and we believe when you accept Jesus, his blood covers your, all of your sins, past, present, future, amen? We believe that. And then once you're born again, you're a child of God, you can never be unborn. God never kicks you out of his family. But yet, once you're a Christian, you can still sin. Probably do at times. Let's just take a quick poll. How many of you, since you accepted Christ, probably if you think hard enough, you've probably sinned at least once or twice? Raise your hand. Keep them up. Nice and high. Keep them up. Okay, any Christians not raising their hand? They're sinning right now. They're lying to all of us. <laughs> I'll keep using that joke as long as you guys keep laughing. But it's true. So what happens then? If we don't lose our salvation, what happens? When we carry sin in our Christian lives that's unconfessed and habitual, it's like a brick. And it, it builds a wall between us and our intimacy with God and feeling his presence in, in our life. You, it's like this, it's like my relationship with my wife. You know, if I sin against my wife, she still loves me, I still love her, but if I sin against her, it puts a brick in our relationship and it can build a wall that separates our intimacy. You know, the, those bricks go up. If I, if I lie to her, a brick goes up. If I disrespect her, another brick goes up. She's still my wife. But it puts a brick up. You know, if I don't do my chores, three bricks go up. <laughs> if I look at another woman and I have an impure thought, ten bricks go up. Amen, ladies? And the same is true in our relationship with God. When we have sin in our life, it puts a brick. It builds a wall between us and God. And maybe that's why you're not experiencing, feeling the presence of God. And number five, and this is the most important one of all, maybe you're not feeling the presence of God in your life because you simply don't know God. Maybe you don't know God. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about know about God. In America, most people know about God. It's not about knowing about God. It's about knowing God. Do you know God? Do you know him in a personal, intimate way? We want people at Orchard Church, we don't want people to know about God. We want people to know God. In a personal, real relationship way. Let me explain it this way. It's kind of like Peyton Manning. All right? I, there's probably not anyone here that knows him personally. If you do, I'd like to meet him, you know? But we all know about him. We know he's the best quarterback in the league. We know he's on our team. We know we're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, we know his statistics. You know, 16 touchdowns, no interceptions. We know, and we cheer him on and all this. We know all about Peyton Manning, but few of us, if any, know Peyton Manning. And the same is true with God. A lot of people know all these things about God, but they don't know God personally. And if you're not feeling his presence in your life, maybe it's because you know about him but you don't know him. Jesus addressed this. You're in John. Look, go a few uh, pages over to John chapter 17, verse three. 
And Jesus is talking to his disciples here in John chapter 17, verse 3. And he's going to tell them what eternal life is. Now, this is a big one. I mean, most people at some point in their life wonder, is there such a thing as eternal life? And if there is, how do you have it? What does it look like? And Jesus is going to answer it right here. In John 17, 3, he says, just Jesus speaking, and this is eternal life. Here it is, that you get to go to heaven when you croak. Is that what it says? No. And this is eternal life, that you become a church member. No. And this is eternal life, that you make sure you're baptized. No. Baptism is important, but that doesn't give you eternal life. What does Jesus say? And this is eternal life, that they may, help me, know you. That they may know you, God. He's praying this prayer to his Father. He's saying, this is eternal life, that people might know you. Not just know about you, but know you in a personal way. Have a relationship with you. The only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I know it's friend day, and, and I know a lot of you invited friends and family, and we're thrilled to have you guys here. We're honored to have you as our guests today here at Orchard Church. And, you know, and I, I don't know where you're, where you're at on your spiritual journey. I don't know if maybe you're a believer and you're looking for a new church, or, you know, or if you're maybe like, I'm not real sure. I came because somebody invited me that I care about, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of searching and seeking and trying to figure out this God thing, and man, we're thrilled to have you here, and we hope we can help you on that journey. Maybe you say, you know, I'm really not... I don't really care about God, but I'm here because somebody invited me and I didn't want to say no. Cool, we're glad you're here. But I, I, want, to, I want to tell you something about Orchard Church, that we want, to, we want to say this loud and clear, and we want to be as honest and transparent as we possibly can be. And it's this. If you're looking for religion, if you're looking for a religious church, religious people, and a religious pastor, you've come to the wrong place. Because at Orchard Church, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion is about, yeah, religion is about knowing about God. Christianity is about relationship, knowing God in a personal way through his son, Jesus Christ. And before you leave today, we're going to give all of you an opportunity to meet him and to know him, not just about him. So maybe you're not experiencing and feeling the presence of God because you just simply don't know him, you know about him. Now, I want to give you a couple of things before we close that are very tangible and practical to help you to feel the presence and experience the presence of God. But we've talked about a lot about feelings. You know, why don't I feel the presence of God? But as you read the Bible, as you read this book, what you're going to learn is Christianity in the Bible is not based on what we feel. It's based on our faith. It's based on our faith. And sometimes we have feelings and sometimes we don't. But we still keep our faith. We still hold on to our faith. And everything we believe and do is based upon our faith, not our feelings. And so with that in mind, I want to help build your faith in what it means to, to experience the presence of God in your life. I want to give you two biblical, what I would call presence promises to close. Two biblical presence promises that even when you don't feel the presence of God, you can know that it is still there based upon your faith. Are you ready for these two? These are going to help you. You ready? Okay, come on, work with me. I got three services. I need you to help me out. Come on. I'm going to keep saying that. Number one, you will find God when you seek God. You will find God when you seek God. Our faith is based upon this. We know this. We can count on this promise from God. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says this. And God says, and you will seek me and what, church? God says, you will seek me and you will find me. I promise when you search for me with, here's the key, all of your heart. It's not a half-hearted seeking. It's not a side gig. It's not a hobby. When you fully seek God with all of your heart, 
He says, you'll find me. You know, we're going through a study. We have small groups here at Orchard Church, and, you know, we have like 42 small groups this semester. And we're going through a study called Not a Fan. And what you're going to learn is Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for devoted followers. People that seek him with all of their heart. And here's the great news. When you seek Jesus with all of your heart, guess what? You find him. You find him. He says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. It's not like, I think sometimes people think that, you know, when we look for God, like we're playing hide and go seek. You know, and that God's going to see how hard we look and he's going to hide. Let's see if they find me over here. And he's going to call out, warmer, warmer, hotter, hotter. Oh, cold, cold, colder, cold. Oh, freezing, freezing, on fire. You remember that as a kid? God doesn't play those kind of games with us. God doesn't play hide and go seek. He says, if you seek me, if you look for me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. You know why? Because he has been looking for you much longer than you have been looking for him. That's our God. He's looking for you. He's waiting for you to seek him. Now, I don't want to take anything for granted this morning. And I know we have people at all different places on their spiritual journey. So let me answer answer this question you might have. Okay, how do I seek God? Okay, if I seek him with all my heart, but how do I seek him? You seek him the way you seek other relationships. If you want to have a good relationship with somebody, what do you have to do? You have to spend time together. You have to get a quiet, you have to get alone with God. You know, and I think most of us understand, you know, in a relationship, you have to communicate. And that means both people talking. And I think most people understand that the way that we talk to God is through what? Prayer. We pray. We talk to God. We call on God. We speak. That's how we talk to God. But a lot of people don't understand how does he speak to us. He speaks to us through this book. That's why it's called, help me church, the Word of God. It's his love letter to us. And he's got a lot to say in here. And when you open this up and he speaks to you and you pray and you speak to him, you're, you're developing a relationship with him. You're getting to know him. You're seeking him with all of your heart. And, and not just through the word of God and through prayer, but when you come to church, you're saying, I want to put God first. I want to seek him. I want to learn more about him. And there's something powerful about the people of God getting together like this. And it's a spiritual thing. The Bible says, Jesus said this, we're two or three people, just two or three We got a lot more than two or three. But when just two or three people are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. I'm there. I'm with you. And there's something powerful about the presence of God when the people of God get together. And not just on Sunday, but that's why we have small groups. So you can experience the presence of God in your small group. We had our first small group last Wednesday night. And we felt the presence of God there as we prayed and we shared and we talked about him. And you know, we have discipleship here at Orchard Church. One-on-one discipleship. That's two people. And God is there. You can experience him in that way. When you sing these beautiful worship songs to God. And you know that not, not just be on Sunday. You know, every once in a while, listen to some Christian music and worship God throughout the week. All of those are ways that we seek God with all of our heart. And here's the good news. When you seek God with all of your heart, you will, help me church, find him. You'll find God. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a radio. You know, I, I wish I had like an old radio boom box. Y'all remember those, you know, this morning where, where I could kind of illustrate this. I mean, did, did anybody bring like an old boom box radio with you this morning? Carry that in? in, in no, Cardo, you, you got one? Oh, man, that is awesome. That, wow. Thank you, God. Man, it's, that's, that's what a coincidence. It's almost like we planned it. That's That's great. Now, so we're all on the same page. For those of you that are under 20, 
this is a radio. In my day, we called it a boom box. And this was our iPod right here, you know. Yeah, there's none of this, you know, slip it in your pocket stuff. And this is a small one compared to a lot of them. I mean, try jogging in this thing, with this thing, you know, and riding your bike. But we, we found ways to do it, didn't we? Come on, work with me. And this is, this is a radio. And, and, and this, is, this is a boombox. It also, it, uh, this one has a cassette player. Uh, now, some of you don't know what, it, this is a cassette. This is a cassette. We, back in the day, used to be able to put eight to ten songs on one of these babies. And we thought, woohoo! You know, and then we had a little Walkman, you know, we could carry this in. I mean, this was like high-tech stuff. Now, I borrowed this from Barry and Stacy, and this came out of their, their basement. And I, I noticed as I pulled out this cassette, it says, Barry and Stacy's Love Songs. We're not going to listen, but... You know, and, and you know what's great about a cassette? Here's what was awesome about the cassette player. You know, sometimes these things would get eaten, the tape, you know, sh you know, but you could fix them. You remember that? Get your number two pencil. You know, sometimes they'd break. They'd break, and if you're really good, you'd get some tape out, you know, and you would like, y'all with me? You know, you'd fix it that way, and you'd, you know, you'd be back in business. But it would, the songs would never sound the same again when that would happen. You know, if you leave me now, you take away part of me. You know, it was, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. But, but here's the point. If you want to use the radio portion of this, we may not see it, we may not feel it, we don't, but everywhere in this room today is the presence of radio waves. They're here. But the only way you're going to experience them and feel them is if you tap into them. This is called an antenna, okay? You had to have your antenna up. You had to have your antenna up so you could tap into the presence of the radio waves that were in the room. And so once you had your antenna up, then you could try to tune in to a station. Now, I can only imagine what this thing will play back in the day. Anybody from the 80s like me? I'm class of 86. Anybody in the 80s? Let me hear you, 80s. Let's see if we can tune in to an 80s station. Let me see if we can get any 80s here. Let me see what we got. Yeah! Okay, let's turn that down there. You got, yeah, some of you are like, we just heard Van Halen in church. I don't know what to say. <laughs> some are offended. Most are like, yeah, rock on. How about 90s? Anybody from the 90s? Got any 90s in here? Let me hear you. 90s, class of 90s, anybody? Okay, nobody here in the 90s. Y'all are either old or young. Okay, okay, there we go. Let's see if we can get a great 90s song. If we could tune one in to the airways. Let's see if we get a 90s song here. We got this. Uh, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Oh yeah! You can't touch this. Uh, so, can't touch so, this. Wait, turn that off. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had a had a flashback moment there, got distracted. Woo! Sorry. Here's what's sad. Y'all are gonna go away from today. People are gonna ask you about church. You go, yo, pastor was dancing to MC Hammer. What was the message about? I don't know, but that was really cool. So let me attach that memory to something spiritual. Okay, you're like, how are you going to get back to that? If you wanted to tap into the radio waves, you had to have the antenna up and you had to be tuned in. And the same is true spiritually. 
God wants to reveal his presence to us. He wants us to experience it. But we have to be tuned into him. And we have to have our spiritual antennas up. We have to be in the word of God. We have to pray. We have to be in church, small group, discipleship, worship. All those are ways that we have our spiritual antennas up. That we can seek God with all of our heart. And the great news is when you seek God with all of your heart, you find him. You find him. Let me give you the second presence promise. Not only you will find God when you seek God and you have your antenna up, but number two, you can do life with God's presence. You can do life with God's presence. God never intended his presence to just be a Sunday thing, you know, at church. That's one place, but he intended for us to be able to do life with him and experience and feel his presence every day of our life, all of the time. You're in John. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 16. Real quick, John 14, 16. And, and Jesus is talking to his disciples for one of the last times and, and they know he's about to be crucified, buried, and rise again and then he's gonna be on the earth for just about 40 days and then he's gonna be gone. And they've been with him for three and a half years. They've been with him in, in the flesh, in, in body and, and they've experienced his presence and now he's telling them they're gonna leave. And they're freaking out. They're like, what are we gonna do without you, Jesus. How are we going to experience your presence in our life? You're going to be gone. What are we, how are we going to live life? How are we going to be directed? And Jesus says, I got it covered. John 14, 16, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper, capital H, it's a person. That he may abide with you, how long, church? Forever. I know I'm leaving right now. I'm coming back one of these days. But until then, forever, I'm going to give you a helper. Who is this helper? That's going to be with us? The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God. He says, I'm going to give him to you, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. In other words, their spiritual antenna isn't up. They don't believe in me. But those of you that believe and have your antenna up, he says, but you know him because he dwells with you. And here's the key. He don't, not only does he dwell with you, he will be in you. Do you get that? That's the amazing thing of the Christian life. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he places his spirit inside of us. You can do life with God's presence when you're a believer in Jesus Christ. He is with you all the time, wherever you go. He never leaves you or forsakes you. God is with you. When you wake up, he is with you. This morning, you know, we had to drive in really early because now we're doing three services. So, you know, our, our uh, setup team now, from now on, has to be here at six in the morning. Can we give it up for them? Every Sunday, 6 a.m. Um, they were gracious to me knowing I had to preach three services and don't make me come in quite that early, but I left an hour earlier than I normally come and I, I saw what I don't normally see, the sun coming up. And I know some of you see that every day, God bless you, and I, I don't. And I, I was driving out of my neighborhood and the sun was just coming up, you know, in the west and I was looking east at the mountains. I mean, it was just blazing pink, red, orange, I think it was bronco orange. God was trying to send me a message or something, I don't know. I mean, it was beautiful snow fresh snow on the mountains and I just said God you are awesome God you're showing off today God and I just talked to him you know I think sometimes when we think that we pray and we talk to God and experience him in our life we got to say these you know super pious spiritual prayers you know I, I'm discipling this this newer Christian right now man I love discipling new baby Christians and and he's learning that what it means to have a relationship you know with Jesus and and we've started trading off when we, we have lunch together and discipleship and one week I'll pray and now one week he'll pray and so he's asked me after he prays a couple times he'll say did, did I do it right did, did I do it good? Was that okay? You know, was that an A or a B? And I said, 
let me just ask you this. Was it from your heart? And he said, yes. I said, then you did it right. God hears you. His presence is, is, is with you. And so he's there when you wake up. He's there when you're driving to work. He's there when you show up at work and your supervisor, your boss is a jerk. And you go, oh God, help me today, you know. He, he hears that. When you're working on a project and, you know, and it's tough, you could call his presence. He's there when, you're, when your marriage is struggling. You know, the, the Bible says where two or three are gathered. You know, last time I checked, a marriage is two. And Jesus is in the midst of that marriage. And when it's going through difficulty, he wants to be a part of your life and part of your marriage. He wants to lead that thing. And, it, and you can call on his presence. And we've seen hundreds of marriages restored and healed here at Orchard Church as people have tapped into the presence of God. And, and, and with your kids, you know, it's hard raising kids. I got two teenagers and it's a challenge. And his presence is there to give you wisdom and direction and guidance and your finances and your health. And he's there. He's there. All the time, you can do life with God's presence because when you accept Jesus, his presence is in you. It's in you when you know him. When you know him in a personal way. The most important question that I could ask any of you this morning is this question. Do you know him? Not about him. Do you know him? Do you know God? And then if you do, Christians, are you seeking him? Are you seeking him with your whole heart? Because when you do, you'll find him. And the best question is not, do I feel God, but does God feel me? You say, what do you mean by that? Does God feel my praise? Does God feel my worship? Does God feel my obedience? Does God feel my love and my service? Because those are all ways that I put my spiritual antenna up. And when I put my spiritual antenna up, and when I seek God with all of my heart, I find him. And the good news is, so will you. So will you. And some of you can find him today, right now, in this service. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With your heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment as we reflect on the message and apply it to our lives. If you're here today and you don't feel God's presence, you first have to answer the question, do I know him? I'm not asking, do you know about him? I'm not asking if you've been baptized, confirmed, go to church. I'm asking, do you know Jesus in a personal way? Has there been a time in your life where you invited his presence into your life, his spirit, by faith? Do you know him? And if you're not absolutely 100% sure of that, you can be in just a moment. I want to lead you in a prayer of faith that you can pray from your heart to God's and invite him into your life and get to know him through faith in a personal way so that you don't just know about him, but you know him. And I'm going to pray this prayer out loud and I'm going to invite those of you that are ready to invite him into your life today and know him in a personal way to pray this prayer after me. Pray it from your heart to God's right where you sit this morning. Listen, it's not the words you say. It's not, it's not some magic prayer. It's your faith behind these words that come from your heart. The Bible says whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're ready to call on him this morning by faith, would you pray this prayer from your heart to God's? And it goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me to pay for my sins, past, present, and future. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. I accept you today into my life by faith. I want to know you. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior today. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. Come into my life. 
save me today. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for your mercy and grace and your love. Thank you. I pray that I would get to know you better each and every day forward from this day. Thank you. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, please, for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I would love the privilege and honor to pray for you. If you just made that personal decision for Jesus Christ, you just now began the greatest spiritual journey of your life. And I want to pray that you would grow in that relationship and getting to know Jesus. And so if you prayed that prayer of faith for the first time today, we had many in the first service. How many in this service? You just slip up your hand and say, yes, Pastor Doug, pray for me. Thank you. God bless you. You, 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 you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Yes, yes, ma'am. Young person. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, sir. God bless you. Yes. God, yes. Young lady up there. Thank you. I see you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, I prayed that prayer of faith. God bless you. Yes, thank you. And I meant it. I, I accepted Jesus by faith. I, I, I want to know him. I want to experience his presence in my life. I want to do life with God. Anyone else? Yes, I prayed that prayer of faith. Lord, I pray for all those that made that faith decision this morning. I pray they would grow in their relationship with you every day forward. That they would not just know about you, but they would know you. And Lord, I pray that as a church, we meet them where they are, help them grow and help them on their spiritual journey and help disciple them to maturity. And thank you for their decision today. May their lives never be the same as they get to know you better. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I know many of you are believers here today. You've made that faith decision. You, you know you know God in a personal way. But are you as close, as, as close to him as you've always been? Maybe you're not feeling God's presence in your life because... You're over-sensationalizing it or you're distracted or maybe you become hardened. You were once close, but now you're not. And you know somebody moved and can I tell you, it wasn't God. When I feel like I've grown distant between my relationship with God, it's never God that moves, it's me. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you need to make right. You need to confess it because you, you don't want to have a wall of sin between you and your relationship with God. And if you're here this morning as a believer and you'd say, you know what? I want to make sure that I seek him with all of my heart because I know if I seek him, I will find him. I want to make sure my spiritual antenna is up at all times. And that's your prayer. Would you slip up your hand for prayer this morning? Can I pray for you? And that way, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. However God spoke to you this morning, pray for me. God has spoken to me this morning in some way. Thank you, thank you. I want to make sure I'm seeking him with all of my heart. Thank you, thank you. Because when you seek him, you will find him. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray that we would be doers of your word and not just hearers only. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. And that when we seek you with all of our heart, we will find you. I pray that we would remove any hindrances to that that we've learned about today, God. And that we would do life with your presence. Because you are in our life when we accept you. We thank you for all the decisions made for you today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.